Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Friday evening in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on this 12th of June, 2020. Thanks for joining us on the KDKA Radio Evening Magazine. I'm your host, Dan Zang. Really, uh, tomorrow I'll be on the FM side Hosting Bucko Talk Sports Radio 93.7. That'll be from 9 until 11, uh, recapping the Pirates draft. I can only imagine what Bob Smyzik will think about the Pirates draft. <laughs> I've read him for years, and uh, he, he's not short on, I think, pretty succinct and to-the-point opinions. But uh, tonight what we're going to be talking uh, about here on the Disk Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline, Bob, uh, is one of the more remarkable stories, I think, in, in all of sport. That's the 50-year anniversary of Doc Ellis throwing a no-hitter at the San Diego Padres. First off, Bob, uh, great to talk to you. Thanks so much, uh, and good evening to you. Uh, good to be with you, Dan. My pleasure. So, um, first of all, uh, were you at the the actual game? You were on the Pirates' beat at, at that point, just to kind of piece the timeline together, because I know you broke the story. It wasn't necessarily the night of the game, as if I'm, if I'm putting this timeline together correctly. Is that right? I was not on the Pirate beat. I was two years away from the pirate beat uh i covered the the the, the you know hitter was 1970 i covered the pirates uh starting in 72 for six years uh i got to know doc very well but no i did not i was not at the game though gotcha were you at the the press at the time or because you had a little stint if i'm, I'm not mistaken uh at another newspaper in another city right no, I was working the Pittsburgh Press. At Press. The time. Okay, the whole time I was I was confusing you with Herzl. I, I'm so sorry. Bob Herzl has <laughs> been all over the place. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so we have that uh, all, that whole timeline. So you broke the story that Ellis pitched the game uh, on LSD. When was that? Well, I find this to be kind of a fascinating story. Uh, I was a columnist at the Pittsburgh Press at the time. And I think it was 1990. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. And I was in spring training at the time, uh, not covering the Pirates, but doing other stories. And I was at Vero Beach, Florida, where the Dodgers train. And uh, I ran into, well, maybe you're familiar with the actor David Lander, played mm-hmm. Squiggy on Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> Yes, I, I, I've heard of the name, um, okay, and I know well, a lot of our listeners well, have. For your time. <clears throat> but he was a big-time Pirate fan. He was very friendly with the Pirate players. He would join his team on the road once or twice a season. He would always be there in Los Angeles when they played there. The guys loved him. He was a celebrity, a good guy, so he knew the players very well. And I got to know him a little bit, too, because he was uh, 
such a nice. They gave him a seat in the press box. He was he was royalty with the Pirates uh, back in the mid to late seventies. So now I run into him in nineteen ninety uh, nineteen ninety, and he knows me, and I know him. We start talking, nice conversation in Vero Beach, and then he says, "And by the way, I talked to Doc last week or two weeks ago. I can't remember what it was, and he." tells me this story how Doc claims he pitched a no-hitter on LSD. Well, that was kind of surprising to me, but uh, I had known David Lander for a few years and a pretty honorable guy. So I said, well, that's great. And it just so happens I was going to be in L.A. with the Pirates early in the season, like maybe in two months. So somehow I got a hold of Doc and set up an interview with him. <clears throat> he was a drug counselor at the time. <clears throat> The Pirates were in San Diego. I drove up to L.A. to see him, and we sat down and talked, and he told me the story. Again, I knew him very well. Uh, I like to think I know when he's telling the truth and when he's not telling the truth, and uh, everything he said to me made a lot of sense. Uh, people don't believe you could do that, and I don't know enough about LSD to say yes or no, but I believe it happened. Uh, as I mentioned on Twitter today, uh, uh, the Associated Press uh, believed the story. They made it the I got a third place award for best news story, best sports news story of the year. So uh, I can understand why people don't believe the story, but I was there. I mean, I, I gave you the whole story because it's such a happenstance thing that uh, I just sort of fell into it by a series of uh, coincidences and. Uh, Again, I talked to Doc, and sounded very, very truthful to me. So I wrote the story, and uh, I, <clears throat> uh, 50 years later, I still believe it. A lot of people do not. Yeah, the, Bob Smizek, uh retired columnist, uh, <clears throat> former Pirates beat writer, the Press and the Post Gazette, with us uh, here on KDKA Radio. <laughs> I, I, I've never heard the story of how the how it evolved, um, and I'm, I'm I wasn't aware, Bob, that. Um, that it was some 20 years after the fact that the story didn't come out. I, I had always assumed, okay, being a young, younger generation, full disclosure, I'm in my mid-30s, so obviously I wasn't around for it, that this was something that was out there uh, a little sooner, I guess, in the legacy of Doc Ellis. I can understand why you would say that, Dan, and uh, I don't even think there was even a little bit of uh, hint about it. But, again, to defend my point, I mean, Doc was a crazy guy, and as I look back on covering him uh, from 72 through 70, I guess he was traded in 76, uh, there were probably were times when I talked to him when he was on drug, because he was crazy, or almost insanely crazy, uh, half the time. So I'm not the least bit surprised, and as he told me the story, <clears throat> uh, he was uh, with a girlfriend in L.A., and she said, you better get moving uh, you got a pitch tonight, and he said, I'm not pitching till Friday. And she said, it is Friday. <laughs> that's when he got himself and his act together and, I believe, flew down to San Diego and showed up at the ballpark maybe like an hour and a quarter before the game started. Isn't there stories of him getting lost and driving around and doing laps? At, I guess it would have been old Jack Murphy Stadium in San Diego. Uh, there are so many stories about Doc. I mean, he was arrested uh, trying to get arriving at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati, 1972. He was arrested because the guard gave him a hard time uh, getting into the clubhouse. So 
those are the kinds of things that, that happen to Doc. And as I look back on now, he probably was, you know, on some type of uh, device back then and uh, <laughs> uh, probably gave the guard too much slip. So he, he has a history of doing crazy things, and uh, uh, I surmise that he pitched a no-hitter in LSD. Why do you uh, suppose that people have their doubts, Bob? Well, you know, it's a good question, Dan, because, well, I think because Doc was known to embellish. Uh, but I also think that the people who were there and didn't under, realize it or understand it are in a bit of denial, like they should have known what he, what, what is happening. And I guess my point is, again, uh, I have not, not done drugs in my time. Most people don't know what it's like to run into someone who's on LSD or whatever, whatever else Doc was taking. And again, he was so crazy so much of the time, and I wasn't there that night, he could have been not a whole lot different than he was for the six or seven days a week. Hmm. I mean, he was just a crazy, loony guy, uh, talking, talking in circles all the time to you. The craziest in Pittsburgh sports history from your perspective, Bob? Yeah, I can't think of anyone who would approach him for the, the loony way. You know, I think it was the 1974 season. He in spring training, he was phenomenal. I think I'm not exaggerating. I think he pitched 35 innings and gave up two runs. And he was, he said, I'm a different person. I'm not drinking gin and tonics every day. Gin and tonics was probably his uh, word for for drugs. Um, uh, I'm walking a straight and narrow. He had his phenomenal spring training. He opened up the season. I think his first six starts, he was absolutely blasted. So there was no understanding what was going on with this guy. <laughs> Bob Smizek with us, uh, retired uh, columnist of uh, Pittsburgh Press and uh, Post-Gazette here on KDKA Radio. Doc Ellis, if you're just joining us in the midst of this interview, through his no-hitter, uh, at the San Diego Padres 50 years ago tonight, uh, allegedly, reportedly, on acid. And uh, Bob Smizek broke the story, uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, 20 years after the fact in 1990, which is terrific. Hey, have you seen the uh, the documentary, uh, D-O-C-K-mentary, that I oh, believe absolutely. was... absolutely, sure. I, I, I was in, in it, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, w- what do you make of how that was done? Because that's turned into, I think, a... Uh, a cultural favorite, I think, from the millennial generation oh, pirate fan. Those guys were so professional, and uh, how they did that. Uh, when they came to interview me, I live in a, uh, a, a co-op building in Mount Lebanon, and uh, there's a lot of grounders. So they took me out to the, uh, the far fringe of the uh, property to, uh, to do the interview, and lo and behold, someone right over the property edge was cutting their grass at the time. So they... They drove over and paid the guy fifty dollars to turn off turn off his lawnmower. So they were just terrific. Those guys. They were really interested in doing a good product. They put a tremendous amount of time into it. I have a lot of respect for what they did, and I thought the uh, uh, the uh, film turned out very well. Bob Smizik uh, with us here on KDKA Radio. Um, when you look back at that no-hitter and as you piece together the bits of the story as he was telling it to you, and as you mentioned, uh, you know, Doc, he, he could spin a yarn every once in a while and exaggerate. Uh, what made you believe that he was telling the truth? As If you recall how you wrote the story, 
you know, journalists, they always sort of have that 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 cynicism and, and they're always trying to cast doubt. Uh, what made you really well, believe him hook, line and sinker? My appointment with Doc was in L.A. at my quite early afternoon. And it was when he was getting off work as a, he was a drug counselor at the time. He rather famously became a drug counselor uh, late in his late in his life, not right after he retired, but. Uh, l- later on, so he was getting getting off work at the time, and I'm pr- pretty sure, as a drug counselor, he was uh, totally uh, sober at the time, and he told me a story that, that I absolutely believed. I mean, he just made a lot of good points, and he just again, I knew the guy pretty well. And he just sounded to me like he was very uh, honest and and believed what he said. I mm. mean, no, there was no doubt in my mind. I, I never even uh, thought that people would doubt the story, but as it turned out, they, they later did. But as I as I pointed out, it, it, I'm not bragging. As I occasionally won an award in my career. This won an award, national award, third best news story of the year. So the Associated Press believed it was a uh, legitimate story. Yeah, and some of his teammates, I think, do as well, uh, though there are some that don't. I don't think anyone has specifically said... He did. That's that's baloney. Again, I, you know, I don't think anyone knew with Doc. I mean, again, he was so goofy most of the time that uh, uh, that uh, you didn't know what to believe. Now, people say the big, the main argument is that you couldn't do that on LSD. Well, again, I don't know, but I, 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 he didn't take LSD uh, ten minutes before he pitched. He had taken it um, earlier in the day in L.A., flown to San Diego, gone to the ballpark, and got himself ready to pitch. So it wasn't like he was in the, you know, I mean, he was completely stoned out. I mean, he was under the influence of LSD, but, you know, I would assume a little bit I know about it in the later stages. Yeah, he wasn't uh, heavily tripping, as I guess they said back then. Right. Uh, Bob, I'd be remiss if, uh, before I let you go, if I didn't ask you about the the state of the game of baseball or or lack thereof right now. I don't know how much you've been following it uh, because you did so for the better part of of a 50-year career. But the the squabbling that's going back and forth amidst a pandemic, uh, I, I would love to read a, a Bob Smizek column on on that very topic uh, on I a Saturday morning. Very disappointing. Uh, baseball is the one sport I still follow very closely. I kind of drifted away in a lot of other areas, and I'm really, really missing it. I really do think they're going to come to a resolution, but uh, they're certainly uh, pushing to, pushing it so far that one side could easily get upset with the other side and say, no deal, and I think the owners are uh, guilty of a little bit of uh, uh, bad negotiating, I guess, uh, uh, or gross stupidity, whatever you want to call it. But I, I really do think there's too much at stake, and they will uh, come to a resolution and start the season, uh, I think they say, they're saying now July 10th. Yeah, and uh, how many games do you think they, they play? If I gave you an over-under of uh, 69.5, are you taking the over or are you taking the under? Bob? I would take the under on that, Dan. Mm, interesting. All right. Bob, I appreciate you joining me and uh, spending some time reminiscing on, I would imagine, one of the the neatest, funnest, if that's a word, uh, stories that you've ever written. I don't know where this one ranks. It certainly has turned out to be over the years. I never realized it at the time, but it keeps being brought up time after time after time. So it's, I kind of get a kick out of it. Well, and we got a kick out of the conversation here this evening. Thanks so much. My pleasure, Dan.